Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Planning for Retirement podcast, where we help educate people on how retirement works. I'm Kevin Lau, your host. I'm also the lead financial planner at Imagine Financial Security. Imagine Financial Security is an independent financial planning and investment firm based in Florida. However, this information is for educational purposes only and should not be used as investment, legal, or tax advice. This is episode number 13 called Planning for Healthcare Costs in Retirement. I hope you enjoy the show. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review and make sure to subscribe or follow and stay up to date on all of our latest episodes. I'm very excited today to be joined by Ari Parker. Ari is the head Medicare advisor of Chapter and is one of the country's leading Medicare experts. He's helped thousands of Americans sign up for Medicare, breaking it down into simple bite-sized pieces. I like that simple. Um, his work has been featured in Forbes, CNBC, CBS Money Watch, Market Watch, Huffington Post, and many other publications. He's a graduate of Stanford Law School. He trains and leads Chapter's team of 30 plus licensed Medicare advisors and lives in Phoenix with his wife and two dogs. His book is coming out in September. It's not that complicated, is the title of the book, The Three Medicare Decisions to Protect Your Health and Money. Um, their website is askchapter.org, and Ari's email is ari at askchapter.org. Ari, thank you so much for joining today. Appreciate it. Pleasure to be with you, Kevin. So I am excited to have you on, mainly because... My firm, obviously being in Florida, I specialize in retirement planning, and oftentimes healthcare and Medicare questions come about. And I've been doing this for 14 years now, and I still feel like Medicare confuses me. How do you feel about that? Absolutely. <laughs> it can be very confusing. People aren't sure uh, which enrollment deadlines apply to them, whether they need to sign up for it or not. This is why I wrote a book on it, and it's something that our team helps people with every day. Love it. Love it. Well, this uh, this episode, um, I reached out to you earlier this week, and um, I, I like to do episodes based on real life questions uh, that I feel from 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 my clients. And this one, I'm going to call them Jack and Diane. Um, Jack is 66. Diane is 57. OK, uh, their daughter just had twins, which I can I've been there. I, we had twins a couple of years ago. And so um, understandably, so it takes a village to raise twins. So now they want to sell their house here in Northeast Florida and move closer to their daughter. Um, so instead of Jack working an, a few more years and getting Diane closer to that age 65, that magical age 65 of Medicare eligibility, and also his age 70, which would be the full social security benefit, they're wondering, hey, you know, what if Jack retired tomorrow and they moved closer to their daughter to be near their twins, but now the decisions are, what is, what do they do with healthcare, right? I mean, you know, we've got Diane, who's, what is it, seven or eight years away from turning 65 and being Medicare eligible. And then we've got the decision for Jack of, hey, he's going to be leaving his job and he needs to then enter into this world of complexity of Medicare, which hopefully you can break that down. So what I thought we would do is maybe start with the Medicare decision for Jack. Uh, and then we can transition into Diane's de decisions around healthcare pre-Medicare. Um, so why don't we just start with the basics of Medicare? Like, you know, let, let's pretend I'm Jack. Like, what would you say to me? You know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm 66. I'm, I'm now fully retired. Like, what do I do? To summarize, Jack is 66 years old and has retired. Diane is 57 years old, but isn't working. Correct. It is very likely that Jack should enroll in Medicare. 
-hmm. Jack, by virtue of having retired from a large group employer, which is defined as 20 employees or more, has a special enrollment period to start Medicare. That enrollment period lasts eight months, but Jack probably doesn't want a gap in his coverage. So it's important to do it sooner than later. You don't want to wait until the end of the eight-month period. Further, you don't want to miss that period either because then you're in a whole world of pain. So it is really important. You get slapped with penalties, right? Yes, yes. you miss that period? Yes, I'm happy to get into the penalties. But it is very likely that Jack should enroll in Medicare. It's a Mm -hmm. five-minute process. He can do it online through his ssa.gov portal. And then... Yep happy to get into what Medicare covers. Yeah, no, that that's great. So, so, okay. Um, so, you know, let's pretend I'm Jack. I'm, I'm now retired. It's very easy to enroll in Medicare. Right. Um, but you know, like you, you hear all these questions about like, okay, which, what do you do with original Medicare versus Medicare advantage? Like, you know, I, I've, I've, I think I read a trend recently that, um, the number of people buying Medicare advantage plans has been going up by roughly 34%. Uh, you know, per year, the increase year over year, which is which is substantial. So it's gaining traction. So like, why, why don't we talk about the differences between traditional Medicare versus the Medicare Advantage route? Original Medicare has two parts. Part A is hospital insurance, which covers you when you're inpatient. It also covers hospice care, skilled nursing facilities. It means you're inpatient. Part B is outpatient coverage. It's visits to the doctor, to specialists ambulance services, durable medical equipment, even outpatient surgery, all covered under Medicare Part B. For Jack, because he's paid federal income taxes for at least 10 years, Part A, hospital, is premium free. There's a charge for Part B, however. That charge will be $170.10 per month for 2022. Might go up for next year. We don't know yet. Those numbers will be released in the fall. But there's a charge for Part B. And most Americans pay $170.10. What Mm -hmm. Jack will get in return is 80% of his medical services covered. He'll owe the other 20% out of pocket with no cap. My mom just had a knee replacement, $40,000 procedure. Original Medicare picked up $32,000. If she hadn't had any additional coverage, she would have owed $8,000 out of pocket, plus all the pre-op, post-op physical therapy. Wow. Which is why you would then think about that. What what do they call the Medigap coverage, right? The the supplemental coverage, correct? Exactly. There's only two types of additional coverage, Medigap or Medicare Advantage. Medigap Mm. sits on top of original Medicare, covers the 20% remainder. Here, we're talking about plan letters like Plan F, Plan G, or Plan N. Those are the three most common types. And what those do is preserve the flexibility of original Medicare. There's no PPO or HMO restriction. You can see any doctor who accepts accepts Medicare nationwide. If you live in St. Augustine Mm -hmm. but want to see a doctor in Houston, it's no problem. You can go and see that doctor as long as they accept original Medicare. So lots, Mm -hmm. it's really flexible for someone who likes to travel or has a second home outside Florida, for example. Yeah. Also importantly, the Mayo Clinic accepts Medigap. The Mayo Clinic accepts Medigap, which is a very important consideration for people who live in Florida. Absolutely. On the other hand, you have Medicare Advantage. Medicare Advantage is managed care. These are also known as all-in-one plans or Part C, 
William Shatner talks about it on television, Jimmy Walker. They're advertised heavily, and they're going to be advertised even more heavily as the fall approaches. Now, what people like about these plans is it comes with additional benefits like prescription drug coverage, vision, dental, hearing, transportation benefits. What people like less about it is that it's managed care. And here there's prior authorization, there's restrictions. Mm. And so it, it's just important to, to understand the trade-offs involved in the decision between Medigap and Medicare Advantage. So, so, so the advantage, just to clarify for the listeners, the advantage would be replacing kind of that original Medicare route plus that supplement or that, that, you know, that plan F, like you mentioned, or F, uh, or I'm sorry, N. Um, and there's, there's some advantages to that in terms of additional benefits. I've also heard some advantages in terms of like simplicity. Um, but there also could be some disadvantages, you know, that managed care piece that you mentioned. So, so with Medicare Advantage, you might actually have to go see a primary doctor before going to get a major procedure done or getting an MRI done or knee replacement, things like that. Is that, is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly. What people mm. really like about Medigap is the flexibility. You can see any doctor mm. nationwide who accepts Medicare. You don't have to ask for permission. You don't need a referral. It also has coverage outside of the United States. In fact, I had a client mm. who was vacationing in Paris and suffered a heart attack. And they had Medigap Plan G. And their Plan G has eight, eight Plan G and Plan N, Plan F have 80% coverage abroad for the first 60 days you're outside the wow. United States. Now, the great news it wow. was a $35,000 hospital bill from the heart attack, but he recouped 80% of the cost because he had coverage. Hmm. Hmm. And so it, it, it's, it's a big decision to make, and it really depends on your lifestyle factors, which is something it can be useful to discuss with an independent advisor. There's no charge to work with one. Now, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And the industry is set up that way. It's great. You, you get the same price whether you work with an independent advisor as you would if you call the carrier directly. And, and I went through the same situation. You know, when we talk about Diane's um, scenario being pre-Medicare, um, I had the same scenario launching my own business, you know, that I had to go out and buy my own insurance. And so it was nice to work with someone who's an expert, you know, in that it doesn't cost me more. My premiums are the same, but I can get someone to give me advice on, you know, those little things that I would have never thought about. And you, you um, have a dedicated point of contact then. It, it's not as yeah, if you call the carrier and you wait for customer service to answer, and then you get a different customer service representative every time. No one likes that mm. experience. Instead, no, no. when you work with an independent advisory like Chapter, we're an example of one, then you get a dedicated contact, and that is your person who will help you troubleshoot any issues that come up. So you mentioned an interesting point, you know, about travel. So it's, it's it seems like, you know, if, you know, if I'm working with someone or if, you, if you're out there that's, uh, you know, big into traveling, you know, whether it's domestically or, or overseas, or perhaps you're a snowbird, maybe you live, you know, six months minus a day in, let's say, Maine or New York or New Jersey, and then the other six months plus a day uh, to get those Florida uh, domicile benefits. It sounds like, you know, you might have a little bit more flexibility in the networks with the original Medicare, right? And then going with the Medicare, the Medigap coverage. There's, there's no network restriction with original mm -hmm. Medicare. Yeah. So if you want to preserve mm -hmm. the flexibility of original Medicare, then you ought to strongly consider a Medigap plan. Yeah. If you're comfortable with managed care restrictions and you're not planning to travel too far away from your home base, then 
a Medicare Advantage plan might work really well. Now, Medigap has a higher mm. premium than Medicare Advantage. Medigap plans right. cost, depending on where you live, they can cost anywhere from $90 to about $185. And if you live in New York, it's a lot mm. more expensive than that. But mm. in, in Florida, it's around $175 to $185 per month. Medicare Advantage plans, on the other hand, have a very low premium. In fact, many plans have a $0 premium. But there are trade-offs. Yeah, and the, and the trade-offs being, you know, like from what I understand, it's, you know, it's more of like a, your traditional health insurance, you know, with deductibles and co-pays and things like that. So, you know, if you're if you're going to the doctor a lot, right, like that original Medicare, even though the premiums are higher, that actually might be more advantageous because you're saving money on a much lower deductible, right? I think that, what is the deductible, like $300 per year or something like that? You, you got it. The, the deductible is exceptionally low. The deductible yeah. for original Medicare is two hundred and thirty-three dollars for twenty twenty-two. Is that per individual or per couple, or how does, or is it probably per individual? Right? There's no Medicare family plan. It's individual insurance. So, okay. Okay. Um, and the the advantage, like, what, what are those typically? That what you know, what do those deductibles typically look like? Many advantage range? plans have a zero dollar deductible, but as you mm. mentioned, it's pay as you go insurance, similar to work provided coverage. For example, if you go see a specialist, it's going to have you're going to owe a copay and your doctor needs to be in network. If your doctor is out of network, then you might have coinsurance or the visit might not be covered at all. Okay. So if you're like my wife that loves to just go to doctors and like, you know, do a lot of things, like you might want to go with original Medicare, right? You know, because like, you know, uh, you're not going to be have you know, you're not going to have those copays and things out of pocket along the way like you would with Advantage, huh? That's exactly the type of conversation we'd have with someone in a 15, mm -hmm. in a 15 minute introductory call. We would talk through what, what how often they go to the doctor, the types of doctors they see because it goes doctor by doctor and Kevin, it's not just about whether uh, it's not just it it's even as granular as choosing a doctor based on the location where they practice. One location might be in mm. network with a plan, but the other location that the doctor practices out of might be out of network. So that's, it sounds like that's an important thing. Like, you know, you can almost back into it, you know, like if you have doctors that you're a big fan of and you're making this healthcare decision, like see if they are in network, obviously, I think with original Medicare, I think I heard this stat that 98% of of practices actually allow for Medicare, original Medicare, right? Whereas Advantage, the percentage is much lower. So so if you're going to go that route with the lower premium and things like that, you might just want to make sure that the doctors that you really are a big fan of are in network, right? Exactly. People who don't go to the doctor very often tend to be quite happy mm -hmm. with a Medicare Advantage plan, as long as the doctors that they do see are in network with the plan. Now, mm -hmm. here's the rub. This changes every single year. The plans themselves change. The doctors you oh, see wow. change. The care that you need changes. Your prescriptions change right. too. And a lot of the reason people like Medicare Advantage is because it's all in one. Many of the plans include prescription drug coverage as well. So it's yeah. really important to shop all your options every year. The time to do that is coming up. That window is October 15th to December 7th. October 15th is when you can shop all options available to you for 2023. And that's for Advantage or, or Original or both? Do they both have the same open enrollment? The, the saying is if, if you go Medigap, you typically marry mm -hmm. your Medigap and date your drug plan. 
you want to review your prescription drug plan every single year because there are savings to capture here. Yeah. Now, it's good to review your Medigap plan every few years, but really, it's set it and forget it. Keep paying your premiums, and then you know exactly what you're paying for. You're paying for it to cover the other 20% that Medicare otherwise wouldn't. On the Advantage side, it's really important to review your options at the time to do that is in the fall. So you should, mm, if okay. you go the Medigap route, you should review your prescription drug coverage every fall. If you go the Medicare okay. Advantage route, you should review your coverage every fall. If you're mm. on original Medicare and didn't go Medigap or Medicare Advantage when you first signed up, then the fall is also an opportunity for you to choose a Medicare Advantage plan or to change or adjust your prescription drug plan. Interesting. Okay. So that actually brings up another question I had. At, at one point, I heard that if you start with a certain type of insurance and then later decide to change that potentially you might have some medical underwriting, you know, or, you know, some sort of like health questionnaire that, you know, and if something changed with your health, that might impact things. Did I, am I just misremembering that? Or is that you're you're bringing up something that's really important, which is that in the state of Florida, you have a one-time open enrollment opportunity, a one-time golden ticket to get a Medigap plan with no underwriting. That is no questions about your health history. Mm. If you miss that window, then unless a Medigap protection applies, you have to answer questions about your health history. And people Mm. get dinged all the time because let's say they're on three medications for high blood pressure, for example. A carrier is going to look really closely at that. Same thing with type two diabetes. Or for example, an issue with your back or your kidneys or your liver your heart. Those are all things a carrier would want to know about. And if you miss your open enrollment period, which is the six months after you start Medicare Part B, and it's it's good to act early here. It's actually good to do it even before your Medicare begins because you yeah. want to secure that one-time opportunity to get a Medigap plan without answering questions about your health history. So this is, this is six or within six months of starting B, Right. Yes. And 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 the trigger of starting B is kind of traditional. People think of eight, you know, turning age sixty five, or if you're still working, right, you can delay that decision for B. Right. You can just do it when you retire if you have employer health care coverage. Right. Exactly. So it might even be like age sixty eight or sixty seven. Like in this case, Jack would be sixty six. Right. That's right. There right. there are three ways to start Medicare. The first is by way of turning sixty five. Mm-hmm. The second is by way of a special enrollment period. And here, that would be Jack, right? Jack is coming off work-provided mm-hmm. coverage. His employer is 20 employees or more. Jack has a special enrollment period to sign up for Medicare. The third way is through the general enrollment period, which is January 1st to March 31st. But the general enrollment period is really only if you made a mistake. It means that you should have signed up for Medicare already and you waited too long. Okay. Now, if you have a disability or if you have end-stage renal failure, for example, then you get Medicare. But that those are those are special circumstances. And if that applies to you, happy to be a resource here. You can reach out to me by okay. email, Ari at askchapter.org. So I mean that's so this is super important. I mean, that, that special enrollment period without medical underwriting. Because I, I think some people, I, you know, especially clients that I've talked to in the past, they said, Hey, you know what, Kevin, I'm healthy now, right? I don't, I'm not going to the doctor very much. I can get away with an advantage plan, maybe keep my premiums low, right? Um, but then later on, if they decide to switch to original because maybe their health changes, 
right? You know, maybe there's a recent diagnosis that's not favorable and they say, hey, you know what? It's going to be more cost effective to go original. That's a problem, it sounds like. Right. You're, so, you're, you're making a bet. You're making a bet yeah, that your good you health will continue. And so, so what, what, what would happen? I mean, so, you know, let's say, you know, let's say Jack hypothetically started with advantage and then later on wanted to switch to original and, and something did change with his health. Like, could they just exclude him? Would his premiums be higher or like, how, you know, how would that work? There's no underwriting for a Medicare Advantage plan. There's no question. If about he was your switching over, history. let's say he was switching over back into a, an original. Like, you know, he made that decision to start advantage and then switch to original later on, therefore triggered underwriting, right? So for for context, what Kevin is talking about here is if Jack wanted to go from a Medicare Advantage plan to Medigap mm-hmm. and Jack's health history, dec- Jack's health declined, then in 46 states, Jack, unfortunately, would have to answer questions about his health history. Now, hopefully his health hasn't declined that much and a carrier would still accept him. The carriers ask different questions about your health history and it varies state by state. And so here we had to build a database to sort through all the complexity because it does get. And also, it would be worth exploring whether Jack qualifies for a Medigap protection, because if he's moving, for example, and let's say he moves to Maine. Maine is mm. a guaranteed issue state. What that means is that Jack can get a Medigap plan. Hmm. That's interesting. But that's why so, talking to someone like you is helpful because you got to know the you rules. Know, you, know, you, you have you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the rules are changing. The rules vary by state. Um, no, I pre- appreciate you. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, so what about. What about a spouse that let's say one what can can one spouse start with original and and the other spouse choose advantage like I mean they're sort of independent of one another right they, so that each spouse if you're married can make their own healthcare decisions right yeah we see this all the time especially with couples in Florida where there's a lot of competition Florida has a very rich Medicare Advantage market there's a lot especially okay. South Florida has a lot of competition across carriers and mm. it's growing in North Florida too but that just goes to mm. show you that it's important to shop all your options every year shop, because the yeah. options are changing. So we do see right. one, one, let's say, let's use a, a couple where they're both starting Medicare. We have seen couples, usually they make the same decision. If one is on a Medigap plan, they both go Medigap. But if one doesn't go to the doctor at all, then they might do great on a Medicare Advantage plan, while the spouse might go to the doctor a lot and instead would prefer to right. be on Medigap. It's individual yeah. coverage. Yeah, I can see that being my wife and I when we're Medicare eligible. My wife is going to go original. I might go advantage, but we'll see what happens at that point. Sure, so. I see that with my spouse too. <laughs> um, now, you mentioned the uh, the special enrollment. I wanted to bring this up. I was reading something recently about the, um, if, you, if you're 65 and you're still working, right? You don't have to enroll in Medicare, right? It's, it's, as long as your company has 20 or more employees, right? Correct. But if your company has fewer than 20, you have to enroll. Is that right? You must. Yes. Yes. You must in order and to like avoid what's, penalty. What's the thought? What's the thinking there? I mean, like, you know, it, I don't know if that would be helpful to explain um, because like there are penalties if you don't enroll, if you, if you have fewer than, you know, 20 employees, but like, I guess what's the rationale around, you know, requiring that 20? The, the rationale is that for small employers and small employer is defined as 19 or fewer employees, mm-hmm. then Medicare is supposed to be your primary insurance. You can remain on the company plan, but the company plan pays secondary to Medicare. So in effect, Mm, what that means is if you work for a small employer, 19 or fewer employees, then what will happen 
is your insurer, your work provided insurer can start denying claims for the ones that Medicare mm. should have covered as primary insurer. So Medicare as primary mm. insurer is supposed to pick up 80% of the coverage. Okay. If you didn't start Medicare, then there's no one on the hook for the 80% and the small employer or the, the small group employer insurance could deny claims. Right, right. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. So yeah, just keep that in mind. I, I've, cause I've had a few people, um, over the years that turn 65 and they say, Hey, you know, I don't need to worry about enrolling in Medicare. Cause that's maybe what they've read or heard from a friend, but I've had a few of those people work for small businesses. And, um, and so, you know, they, they, they must enroll. Otherwise they, you know, that you can get hit with some penalties when you do go to enroll in Medicare. Yeah. You get help, hit with penalties and it's also dangerous because then, the, your insurance can deny claims where Medicare should have been paying as primary. Mm. And of right. course, since you haven't started Medicare, you have no one to cover those primary obligations. Yeah. So before we transition to what to do with, you know, Diane's coverage, you know, in, in terms of costs, so, you know, like if, you know, let's, let's say on average, you know, uh, you, I'm not going to hold your feet to the fire in this one, but you know, all in premiums, you know, if you went original Medicare, you know, part A, part B plus, you know, part D prescription and, and the, and the Medigap coverage, like what's kind of a range, like what, what can people expect to pay on an annual basis, you know, for, uh, for their healthcare premiums? We're assuming this can get, especially for your clients who might be high earners. First, we have to start with what they owe for Medicare Part B. Mm. Yep. Do Jack and Diane earn less than one hundred and eighty-two thousand dollars? Yeah, we'll talk. We'll we'll get to that. Actually, I, I have a few points I want to make about that. But the answer is um, for them, no. So that so they would be paying the normal Medicare Part B premium with no IRMA, which is income related monthly adjustment amount. So let's assume a standard premium. Standard. Okay, the standard. Mm -hmm. Premium for Part B is one hundred and seventy dollars and ten cents, and yep. it's non-negotiable unless you qualify for Medicaid, which is for the low income. Okay. So, regardless of whether they go Medigap or Medicare Advantage, they owe the one hundred seventy dollars and ten cents per month to Uncle Sam. Mm -hmm. Now, if Jack starts taking Social Security, the one hundred seventy dollars and ten cents per month will be deducted from his Social Security. If he hasn't started, then he'll be invoiced on a quarterly basis. Got it. Okay. In terms of Medigap, Medigap, if Jack lives in Florida, will cost anywhere from $120 to $185, depending on whether he chooses Plan N or Plan G. Okay. Then Jack would need a standalone prescription drug plan, unless he has prescription coverage at least as good as what Medicare provides. And there are separate late mm -hmm. enrollment penalties here. So it's really important to not miss the enrollment period to sign up for a drug plan. Okay. Drug plan typically costs anywhere from 10 to $25 per month, depending on the prescriptions one takes. So Jack's okay. cost picture, if he goes Medigap is $170 and 10 cents plus mm -hmm. 120 to $185 per month for Medigap mm -hmm. plus 10 to $25 for the standalone prescription drug plan. So kind of like 310-ish to 370-ish per month. Yep. Uh, all in for original Medicare. And then out of pocket after that, I mean, pretty minimal. I mean, low deductibles. I mean, everything's kind of included, right? Yeah. The only Medicare-related expense Jack would see would be the $233 charge for the annual deductible. For the deductible, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and and you know you brought up the good you know your your point about the one seventy or less right of of adjusted gross income, and this is something I I'm sorry one hundred eighty two thousand right or less. Your Part B premium for those of you that don't know this is based on your income, your adjusted gross income, and so there is a, a premium range. Okay, so um, hypothetically, if you were in the next premium band up, which is one hundred eighty two thousand to two hundred twenty eight thousand, your your Part B premium goes up by about $700 per year. Um, then if you go to the next tier, which is between, and this is married filing joint, not single, um, but for single filers for that for that premium band would be 91,000 to 114. Your premiums go up by about $700 per year. The next band up for singles is 114 to 142. And then for married filing joint, it's 228 to 284. And the premiums are basically double than what they were on that first tier. Um, so this, this is a big part, you know, like for me as the numbers guy, I like to help try to mitigate as much as possible, my client's taxable income in retirement. And, um, there are several ways to do it, but, uh, income tax-free withdrawals are the primary way we go for it. And so those are Roth distributions, distributions from things like health savings accounts or life insurance, even non-qualified annuities. Reverse mortgages could be another option or real estate income. So by, by reducing your taxable income in retirement, you could also, in essence, reduce what you pay in Medicare premiums, which could also help alleviate that uh, that pressure on drawing your assets down too quickly during those retirement years. But thanks for breaking down the premiums for original. What about advantage? I mean, so, you know, you, you hear the premiums are much lower, but, you know, like what, what are some kind of ballpark ranges of what you can expect for for premiums there? Sure. Jack would owe $170.10 for Medicare Part B. Mm -hmm. And then there are Advantage plans as low as $0 premium. These plans okay. would also likely come with prescription drug coverage wrapped in. We would need to make sure that Jack's prescriptions are covered affordably. What matters here is the name of the medication, whether Jack can tolerate a generic or has to go brand name, the dosage, mm -hmm. and the pharmacy that Jack likes to go to. Each of these factors influence okay. price. And so it's actually a really complicated equation. What's also important is making sure that the additional benefits appeal to Jack and that they meet his lifestyle needs. But there are great $0 Medicare Advantage plans that would that might be available if Jack decides to go that route. Right. And here, Jack would need to, in exchange for that $0 premium, need to accept the network restriction. So we, we need to make mm -hmm. sure that Jack's doctor's accept the plan. Got it. Got it. So researching those doctors, looking at the prescriptions that, you know, he may or may not be taking and uh, making, making, backing into the decision that way. Yeah. But it sounds like, you know, premium wise, you could save basically, you know, your premium could be 50% less, right? I mean, you, you know, or 50% or what it would be for original. Yes, it would be 50% less. There are mm -hmm. some things to consider here. First, there's co-pays yeah. when you go to the doctor. Co-pays? If, yep. if Jack sees specialists, it's the bill's going to rack up if he sees those specialists more than once per month. So if he goes to see a specialist twice per month, then the co-pays will start to add up. Also, mm -hmm. importantly, Jack needs to make sure that the, the, that if one of the doctors is out of network, let's say, Jack would need to accept the consequences, which is that the carrier could deny coverage in that case, or there might be onerous right. coinsurance requirements. Okay. 
And that's something I, I assume you can kind of run some numbers, right? Like some hypotheticals, you know, based on how much they're going to see certain specialists or how, how many times they anticipate going to see the doctor or prescriptions. And then you can kind of do a cost benefit analysis on, do you go original and pay a little bit more in premiums or do you go advantage, save the premium and, and, but, but kind of ha come out of pocket with certain expenses. Spot on. Nice. And okay. it's important to shop. It's important for Jack to shop all his options every year because the plans change. So let's talk about Diane a little bit, right? So she's got eight years until she gets to 65. So we've got some time. Um, what are her options? I mean, you know, like, you know, one thing we talked about was Cobra for her, right? I mean, could she get on Cobra to continue on to, for, you know, for, you know, the group plan? Or does she just have to go straight to the private market, which would be the exchange? Diane can Cobra for up to 36 months as a result of Jack's retirement. Okay. Okay, so that's an option for her. That's one option. Uh, Another option would be to look at the Affordable Care Act exchange and to see there are yep. generous federal subsidies right now. Depending mm -hmm. on Jack and Diane's earnings, Diane might qualify for some of the subsidies and, and could find a lower cost plan that might be more comprehensive yeah. than Jack's than Jack's former employer's work provider. Than Jack's coverage. Cobra. Okay. So so she can she can use Cobra. He he I assume cannot use Cobra because Medicare needs to take over as the primary, right? Cobra is not creditable coverage for the purpose okay. of delaying got one's it. Medicare enrollment. Okay. So he's he's got to go Medicare. She has the option of whether it be Cobra or individual insurance through the exchange, healthcare.gov, right? Um, and I think those subsidies, those just got extended through 2025. Yes, yes. The the subsidies right? were extended under the Inflation Reduction Act, which passed Congress last week. Yeah. And it's cool because, you know, on the, um, and I did these calculators too, when I was doing my own coverage for my family, is like, you can go in there and like type in a hypothetical income that you think you're going to earn for the year. And they'll actually quote you what those subsidies might be per month or, or per year. Um, and so that's another benefit of having a tax-free income in retirement, right? Because if, if you retire before 65 or before you're Medicare eligible and you lose that, those group health insurance premiums, right? Or those group health insurance benefits, if you can keep your income or your taxable income low enough, you could potentially qualify for a lot of subsidies and keep those premiums down until you turn 65, right? That's right. Um, is that something that you advise on or, or not, or that's not really your, your area of expertise? We're Medicare experts only. Medicare, uh, Medicare only. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, so for Diane, she's got those two options. She could Cobra, she can look at the exchange, um, compare the two and see which one's more comprehensive and which is more cost effective as well. Um, this the is great. The other thing is, is Diane might, I'm not sure whether she actually intends to retire or to look for other work. Well, given the fact that her daughter just had twins uh, and they have another, I think she's, uh, you know, ha having twins myself plus one, it takes a village to raise them. And I know she wants to be a lot, uh, involved in their lives. I don't think she's going back to work for an employer unless her daughter is going to hire her as an employee. And maybe she can give her health care coverage, right, as a full-time nanny. But I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if that's in the cards. But uh, to answer your question, she's not going to go back to work full-time for a company and uh, and so therefore, she's going to have to figure out we're going to have to figure out her own healthcare solution for the next several years. Cobra can be a good doable. bridge for okay. up to 36 months. And then I would suggest looking at the Affordable Care Act exchange. Awesome. OK. Well, this is great, uh, Ari. I don't know if there's anything else we missed that that you think the listeners should know about or um, 
I mean, I think you covered a lot of good stuff, but any final thoughts? Yeah, it, 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 the fall is coming. It's fast approaching. Kickoff is yep. almost here, which means only one thing. Annual enrollment period. It's time, if you're Medicare eligible, to shop all of your options. Unfortunately, yep. over 70% of people won't do it. But there's huge mm. cost savings to capture here. Mm. It's helpful if you use an independent advisor to assess all your options. Chapter is an example of one, and you can visit us at our website at askchapter.org. That's awesome. I mean, I think that's a huge benefit. And I, as, as you know, the reason I met you, I have several clients that use Chapter and and that know you personally and and love the service. And and you can kind of take over that responsibility because, you know, when they think of fall, they're not thinking of Medicare open enrollment. They're thinking of, you know, traveling to the mountains to see the foliage or, you know, uh, you know, kick, you know, kick off for their favorite football team. They're not thinking spending of spending time with their grandchildren. Can, yeah, exactly. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much, Ari, for joining and, and helping clarify this this complex topic and making it simple. And um, I'm also excited to check out your book in September. It's not that complicated. So I love the title. And uh, and if you guys have questions directly and want to reach out to Ari, his email is ari at askchapter.org. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into today's episode. I hope you learned something valuable. We appreciate all of you and hope you'll give us a follow and subscribe to our podcast and make sure you tune into our next episode. In the meantime, this is Kevin Lau signing off from the Planning for Retirement podcast.